Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. episode of Lakeside. It's episode number 26, and we're actually in Song of Solomon chapter number 2 and verse number 16, and we're rapidly approaching the end of this chapter. And I love what we've seen so far. I've loved this journey that we've seen. If you've been with me since the first initial episodes, and you've seen this girl start to make a transition. It's going to get tested uh, as we go by chapter 7. She's going to make a powerful stand in that testing, and then we're going to go from there into her full-blown identity. It's just she's going to display that fully in chapter number 8. But as we've been going through here, what you've been able to see is this uh, development take place. And I'm excited about this particular passage today. Um, because if you remember this whole walkthrough, as he's been taking the bride through the kingdom, it's not just been a show and tell. It's not been something that he is um, uh, just showing her because he has nothing more to show her or just because he has nothing better to do. It's not just let me tour the kingdom and show you what you now have. He's going to address certain wounds of her heart. He's bringing specific about what he's doing because the king is a, a symbol of Christ. It's a symbol of truth. And and every time truth comes into us, it confronts our lies. It confronts the lies that we believe that have kept us in bondage. And Christ is not about coming just to uh, make us all give us a golden ticket to the Willy Wonka factory in the sky. <laughs> Jesus Christ came to make dead men live. You know, he came to quicken your spirit. He came to make you alive in Christ. He came to activate you in the kingdom. And so when you look at this stuff, it's like he's, you see the picture is beautiful, the parallel between King Solomon and the shepherd girl, God, the pursuer, the king, and us, the bride of Christ, the pursued in this relationship. And so we're in chapter two, verse number 16. He's spent the last, uh, the last podcast, we talked about how he addressed her thoughts and what she was allowing to come in and destroy her potential of what she was able to be. And I love the fact that he took her to the vineyard because it was a picture of the abuse that she went through and how he just said, look, you've been in, in this abusive situation and because of that, it has put thoughts in your mind that are attacking the potential that you have. Those thoughts are that you're unworthy, that you deserved it, that you this or that. And, you're, and he, he was addressing those particular hurts and soul wounds with truth. And he said, you know, the grape is potential and you've been given the ability and the authority to cast out those thoughts and protect your potential because those thoughts will come in and nibble away at your connection points to the vine. And Satan will come in and nibble away at your connection points to the vine, which is God, which is Christ. And so, um, man, it's, it's important that we, that we maintain our understanding and acceptance of the identity he's given us. And so um, we move into chapter number two and verse number 16, and she's making a statement now. Now, he's telling her this stuff, right? So he showed her the vineyards, he showed her the waterfalls, he showed her the garden, he showed her the things in the season, he showed her the powerful secret staircase where she's been safe. And then he brings her to this, um, this point as they're walking, she just stops, you know, they're walking together and she just grabs his arm and she just pulls Solomon to a stop. He has been overwhelming her uh, with desire, overwhelming her with his love for her overwhelming her, her with, with expression. It's communication, expression, and rest. And he's been overwhelming her with communication here. You know, for God so loved the world, he communicated that to us by expressing that. He sent his son, and, and Solomon has been expressing his love to her and communicating that to her. And she's just at the point where, you know, when someone overwhelms you, 
you just got to stop them sometime and just, you look at them and you just, you just stare at them, right? I mean, you look at them, you're just like, look in their eyes and you're like, I, I can't think of anything more to say on the fact that you overwhelm me. You overwhelm me. I belong to you. My heart belongs to you. And for a person of words, I, I don't I don't have them. <laughs> when I look at you, I, I, I don't have those words. You know, you, you get to that point where just like there's just so much and, and he has overwhelmed her with security. He's overwhelmed her with love. He's overwhelmed her with assuring her that her place of value in his heart. And she's they're walking, she just stops him by his arm and she looks up at him and as he looks down into her eyes, she speaks up to him. She says, My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. That is one of the most romantic passages of this entire book because she's speaking this to him, and there's so much symbolism going on here. And we're going to look at the lyrics and the melody of the message. Remember, Song of Solomon is like a song. There's that lyrics, and there's the melody, and the in-between the two is the message. And most people hear the lyrics, and that's the shepherd girl and the king. And a lot of people just hear it and pass by and say, oh, that's a good song. And then most people hear the melody, and that's the sexual content. They go, whoa, that's a really good song. And they miss the message. They walk by and go, oh, Song of Solomon. But when you can break between the two and see the message and this is what the songwriter wanted you to see with the melody and the lyrics the message truly makes it as Solomon himself declares it to be the greatest song that has ever been sung and so let's look at the lyrics real quick and I'll read the passage one more time chapter 2 and verse number 16 if you're in the song Solomon devotional and you're following along it's day number 26 and she just says my beloved is mine and I am his he feedeth among the lilies the bride is making more than just a beautiful statement She's making a powerful declaration of the surrender of her will. It's a beautiful statement. She's saying, I am yours, he is mine. You know, we see that verse on different, you know, wedding things. You see that a lot of times, but very few people truly understand what they're actually saying. They're just saying, man, if you like it, then you put a bit of ring on it. You know, <laughs> if you like it, then you better put a ring on it. That's what they're saying. You know, it's like, hey, I belong to you. You belong to me. Don't don't look nowhere else. But this, it's a declaration of surrender. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. Solomon took her to be his bride. Um, he took on the responsibility to protect her spirit and her body. He took on himself the responsibility to connect with her emotionally, physically, uh, mentally. He took on the responsibility to direct her. He becomes hers, right? She becomes his. She is his to follow, and she is his to trust, and she is his to cling to. The statement was a pact of the soul, the body, and the spirit. It's, it's, you got to look at it. You read it again. It's right there in front of us. My beloved is mine. If I am making this statement, now we are the bride of Christ. Remember, we are the pursued and he is the pursuer in this relationship. So we look at God as the king and we look at him from the viewpoint or the vantage point or the lens of the bride. And so we look at him and we make this declaration, you're mine and I'm yours. And if I am yours, that means that I am no longer mine. Most of us are quick to say, oh, I'm his. I'm his, I'm his child, I'm his, I'm his love. And that's great. But do you understand if you are his, then you're not your own. Paul said you're not your own. You've been 
bought with a price. I don't belong to me. Daniel doesn't belong to Daniel anymore. Daniel belongs to God. I am his. He is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. Everything that I am belongs to God, and everything that he is belongs to me. At the end of the day, it boils down to understanding that we belong to God. We can make our plans, but he is the final say. God's purpose, not his fairness, dictate the circumstances of our life. Man, the very first time I want to jump on that and say, I am his, man, I need to understand it's a statement that I'm acknowledging I'm not my own. And if I am his, then that means that what God chooses to do in my life is him choosing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. It's like that's that's out of my control and I don't have a right anymore. I gave it to him. When I chose to take him, everything that he is to me, I chose to give myself to him and it's his. It's his to direct. My life is his to control. My life is his to, to maneuver and to, and to steer. I belong to him. And just like that responsibility that the bride, that the king took for the bride, Christ also, when he claims me, takes that same responsibility to protect me. I don't have to protect myself anymore. I don't have to come to my own defense because why? God comes to my defense for me. He, I don't have to, man, God took on the responsibility to connect to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God said, I'm taking on the responsibility of connectivity with Daniel. I'm taking on the responsibility to connect with him because you know what Hebrews said we couldn't do it we couldn't keep that first covenant Christ said I came back with a new covenant this new thing that I'm doing it's not based on your name I swear it on my own name I am connecting the dots here I am connecting us it's not you just trying to feebly hang on on your own attempts anymore uh, keeping all the laws and things man no it's not dependent on that you your righteousness is not dependent on you anymore the connectivity that we have to Christ is completely dependent upon him Man, it's him. He took on his, the responsibility to direct my steps. and all thy ways acknowledge him. And what? He shall direct my steps. It's his responsibility to direct my steps. Man, it's I took on the responsibility. I accepted the call to follow him. Man, if you're saying Christ is mine, oh, I'm his, then what, that's, what you're actually saying is that you follow him. You follow him. It means that you trust him. Man, faith is choosing God over every other option that seems to make sense. And it's trusting him, man. I, I choose to trust him. I'm trusting him over my strength. I'm trusting him to defend me, him to protect me, him to connect to me. I'm going to walk in that. The just shall live by faith. What is faith? It is simply accepting that. It's, it's, it's simply putting that, that belief in action. It's simply saying, hey, this is all up to you. I'm choosing you over myself. I'm choosing you over every other option in my life that makes sense, man. I'm choosing to follow you, to trust you, and I'm choosing to cling to you. I'm clinging to you before anything else, anyone else. I am his is a statement that we acknowledge I'm not my own. We are his to protect. We are his to direct. We are his to connect. This is much more than a beautiful statement. This is a declaration of our will. Let me just ask you to think of something here. Just a little homework or something here. What were the events in your life involved that were bring into bringing you into God's kingdom. Do you remember that? That moment where he brought you to understand his ability to protect you, to direct you and connect you. And when's the last time you just stopped what you were doing and just took a minute just to say, Father, I am yours. I belong to you. I don't belong to myself anymore. And if I belong to you, <laughs> that means that you belong to me everything that you are. 
Man, 1 Corinthians 13, we always say it's a love chapter, and you hear it at weddings, right? Love is patient, love is kind, it beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. And we look at that and say, man, here's the bar. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives like the church. Here's the bar. Be a bear all things. And we look at that like it's this impossible Olympic bar. And just, man, I'm going to keep working. And one day I'm going, she vet my merge. <laughs> but you understand that that is a description of God. That is a sketch artist rendition of God himself. If he says that God is love, here it is, charity. It's this. is Charity suffereth long, man. Charity, it hopeth all things. He believes all things. Man, he is, he is forgiving. And you look at that description of God and say, man, if you are loved, then that means that you are inside of me. You have, I have you. I have every, we love because he first loved us, because he gave us something. He poured his love into us. Now I can now pour that out. Who can't you love? We look at, I just can't love that person. Really? Really what you're saying is God can't love that person. That's a pretty strong declaration there. I don't know if I'll make that. Well, I can't forgive that person. Well, forgiveness and condoning are two different things. But if you say you can't forgive someone, what you're saying is God himself cannot forgive that person. Because if you truly belong to God and he truly is you, then you you have him and he has you, then what that's saying is that you are declaring that I have everything that he is. And if God is forgiveness, that means that I have God to give, right? I mean, wow. It's a strong statement. But she looked up in his eyes and she just said, you are mine and I am so, so yours. What she's making that statement is, my beloved is mine and I have everything that you are. I am royalty. I look around this kingdom and it's all me. I have this now. And everything that I am is yours. He feedeth among the lilies. He compared her to the flowers, and she was basically giving him an invitation to have her physically. She's like, I take me, big boy. <laughs> you know, you have the wimboa, wimboa. I'm not going to get All the music starts playing in the background. She's just saying, hey, man, just take me. And she was just like, she was inviting him to enjoy her and to feed right there. Just, man, just just have whatever you want right here. She's just letting him know that she was his. And, and I think it's awesome to me that when I, when I come to the understanding that I truly meditate on the fact that I belong to God, everything that, that, that he is, I now have access to. Colossians says, you are complete in him. Like you have everything you need now to do this thing called life. You have it because you have him. And I look at that and I, and I see that I belong to him and that, that I don't belong to me anymore. So in Proverbs 16, 9, I love that passage that the man devises his ways, but God directs his steps. And when I look at him and say, your purpose, not your fairness, dictate the circumstance in my life, what you have there is intimacy. When you, when you meditate on that, you have this intimacy with God. It's like this relationship gets strengthened. And all of a sudden it's like, man, we just connected on a whole nother mental level here because I took my mind off of myself being in control and I gave myself to you and I'm understanding what it means to actually say that I belong to you God and I'm really understanding what it means that you truly belong to me and all of a sudden that strength and that relationship just grew a whole lot stronger and that communication just activated and you know what bring the storms as they may come Paul man the apostle Paul went through so much stuff but he looked back and say I know whom I have believe it and I'm persuaded that he is able what was that Paul was looking back no height nor depth nor any other creature angel prince about nothing can separate me from the love of God. What was that, Paul? In Ephesians 3, when he said this one thing that I could teach the church, it's that you might know the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of the love of God, that you may be filled with all fullness of God, that you would understand this thing that you've been given with the gospel, what the gospel truly means, what you have been given in Christ, who he made you, who you now are. If you could fully get that, 
man, you would be unstoppable. Church, you would be unstoppable. Most people don't get it. They choose to pass on it. They say a prayer and you don't know, oh, ask Jesus in my heart. And that's it. That's as far as it went. And um, we just can't wait to go home to glory. Amen. And we just kind of exist in life. Never fully taking advantage of our royalty. It's having a form of godliness. You know, we just deny the power. Everything about it is, oh, well, whatever. I'm just, a, just an old sinner saved by grace. No, it's not what God says. That may be what the old country preacher says, but God says, you are righteous because you wear my son's righteous. You come boldly to the throne of grace now. You're my bride. I love you. That's what he says. I love, I love, love, love this day. My beloved is mine. I am his. He feedeth among the ladies. Uh, fantastically romantic passage. I love this passage. Thank you so much for being with me today on our podcast. I hope you have a great day today. Hope you have a chance to really meditate on this and take this truth with you today. Man, you live from him today. You live from the fact that he is yours and you are his and he's he has everything about you and you have everything about him. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you so much for being out here. Can't wait to be with you again on episode number 27. If you haven't heard the other episodes, you can find those on iTunes. It's under Lakeside with Daniel. And you can go there uh, and you can go back and look through those past episodes. If you don't have the devotional, man, go danielstombaugh.com. Get yourself a copy of that and let's go through it together and catch up with us and go back through the other days. And just, it's beautiful. You have a place to journal and some notes and things. And you're going to love to be able to catch up with us. And that's going to be an awesome stand, you know, side along with this uh, podcast. So so thank you so much for listening. Thank you in advance for sharing this out. I appreciate those of you who take the time to click share and share this podcast out on your Facebook or social media. I truly appreciate this. And the more that this message gets out, um, it's very valuable when people start to understand their 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 identity. Identity always brings purpose and um, purpose brings freedom. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about people getting this message. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you in advance for sharing. God bless you. Can't wait to see you next week. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye-bye.